0: Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. So, we're starting a new series today. So, I did a cracking job from what I heard last week um, in terms of recapping the Barnabas stuff. I'm going to start a new series today and the next few weeks. called (coughs) for the journey Um, very cool title Um, but the reason being is because as always it can become a bit of a cliche thing but but we are on this as a community on this journey and this idea of being a Barnabas community Um, and that journey is not just about um, becoming something new that journey is both a description that idea of being a Barnabas community is a description of who we are now but also a description of what we will become even more that we are that now because it's 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 who god has made us it's who he has brought us together to be and therefore it's a revealing of both describing what we are now but also a revealing of what we will become and that further and greater expression of those things um, it's not just a nice idea this idea of a twee little name Barnabas Community or but Barnabas whatever it would be, it's something for me and I believe for us and listening to people talk about the way that it's impacted things they've done and little interactions in here and there, for me it's, a, it's something about a way of doing life it's about a way of expressing Jesus and being, being Jesus to the communities and the people that we meet And it, and in my mind and I believe in our mind, it's something quite revolutionary in the sense that it, it changes a paradigm, it changes a view of the way that we, we do things, and, and with that, with any time there's a shift in the way that we do things, there is a, sometimes a resistance to that, because we're going against the grain, we're going against the kind of flow, we're going against perhaps things that are just normal within society, within our own thinking, and we're trying to see a, a change in that, in the way that we do things, in the way that we interact with things. Um, because it, 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 it changes things, it changes the idea, we, again just a real brief thing, if we look at Barnabas, that Barnabas believed in people like Paul and people like Mark before other people did. And he did it in spite of what sometimes other people believed. And, and, and he stood in a gap and he saw something in them and saw something about them, even when perhaps what they were showing, or perhaps how they were behaving, or perhaps what other people said about them was opposite to that. And that, that's a huge thing. To, to, to live a life that says, I'm going to see the best in you, even when you present to me the worst. Or even when person X tells me the worst about you. I'm going to somehow see the best. And I'm going to somehow stand in the gap and go, but because we are here, because I am here, there's going to be a change in in direction. There's going to be a change in the direction of that that person's life. A change in the direction of, of that family, of that community, of that of that space. Because... I'm not looking to promote me, but I'm looking to how can I supply for you so that you can thrive and come into what God's got for you. And that is the way that Jesus lived life, that he gave his life. He laid down his life for the sake of other people. Even people who were anti-him, even people that that hated him, he gave his life for those people. And we hear that so often that, 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 that sometimes we become well I become numb to the the kind of impact of what that means but imagine the people we don't like the people we get frustrated with the people that rub up against us the people that we just detest for whatever reason it might be could be very valid reasons like some of the extremes of society in terms of what they practice and what they do in the same space it's having a heart that says no I can still see the best in you you might not be in a space where I can help that yet but I still see it and any interaction i have with you anything i say about you even if it's challenging and it seems harsh like jesus was sometimes it's still because i want to see the best that's in you emerge and that is a tough ask it's a challenging ask to see people and make space for people and say look i'm not going to look to promote me i'm going to look to be the best i can be so that you can thrive Because that's counteractive to the society we live in. It's tough to see people pass their failures, to pass their mistakes. Especially when their failures and their mistakes impact on me. Or impact on the people I care about or the people I love. Or the people that I feel are vulnerable to those things. Or especially when I have to walk through somebody with, with somebody to see them not just believed after they made a mistake, but see them develop a new way of thinking that stops them from making that same mistake again, that, that, help, that, that helps them move past it, that, help, that helps them realize that you're not defined by your mistake, but you can be who God's called you to be. That those things are are challenging, that, that it's challenging to to, to be a community and be a people that, that embrace those who have failed, that embrace those who have iffy reputations, that embrace those who are at the extremes of society, whether the rich, affluent, kind of politician, celebrity, or the downtrodden, broken prostitute, to have a community that, that embraces the extremes of society and says, look, it actually makes no difference where you're from, no difference your background, no, no, no difference your choices. You are absolutely 100% welcome here that it was funny, yesterday we were sitting with Zachary, it's his birthday ne- next weekend and we're looking at birthday presents he might like um, and he didn't necessarily do it because Zachary's quite single-minded but I remember, it made me think about when I was growing up and talking about birthday presents and there was almost a kind of this is the amount of money that you can have for kind of birthday presents and therefore I had to make a decision as a kid um well, I can't, there's this much. So if I put this in, then that has to go out. And you kind of balance up. What? Are, what's the most important thing I want to ask for for my birthday? Do I want to ask for this particular computer game or do I want to ask for this uh, wonderful Man United shirt or whatever it may be what do I want to ask for because I clearly don't want to ask for the Arsenal shirt or the Liverpool shirt or anything, or the Chelsea shirt or anything like that so that that easily goes out what do I want to ask for and how do I replace things and it it made me start thinking and perhaps I think too deeply about these things but it made me start thinking that that in some ways is perhaps the way that that I have and I'm hoping that it changes almost see things it's like if one thing comes in that means something else goes out and so often it's almost like if we have a politician come into the community, then that means the poor and downtrodden have to go out because they don't go in the same space because one affects the other. But what about if they both come in? Because the inclusion of one doesn't mean the exclusion of another. But in my mind, it's almost like I think, and actually, I think that's the way that I think, and perhaps sometimes as a society, we think that if I include this person, that means I have to exclude that person. Because they can't be in the same space. They can't be in the same place. They can't be both included. But thinking of Jesus. That Jesus included Zacchaeus. And instantly my mind goes, therefore he's just excluded the ones that Zacchaeus took advantage of with his money. The ones that he has abused by taking too much money from them. The one that he has stolen from. And obviously he hasn't. But the reaction of the crowd with Jesus when he said, I want to come to your house Zacchaeus. I want to come to your house the tax collector who has taken advantage of people who has made made himself rich on the back of other people's poverty i want to come to your house as jesus is surrounded by a crowd of people who are probably poor have probably been the ones who have been affected by zacchaeus have probably been the ones that have suffered at the hand of this man and therefore the crowd go how can jesus go to the house of such a notorious sinner and it's the way we view things isn't it that because jesus included him the people here I'm sitting now it not am I not in now? I'm not am I, am I not in with Jesus now? Am I not one of his kind of crew? Am I not one of the ones that Jesus is here for? But that's the gospel. That's the heart of God that actually you, tax collector, are just as included as you, poor person. You politician are just as included as you, one that's been oppressed by the politics of society. You prostitute are just as included as the one who prostituted you. And if we can see change in belief and belief and somehow find a place for them and work through with them the challenges and the issues that they face and believe in them and see them in a community that's reconciled to each other. Imagine having them in a space where they are living life together in a productive way. That speaks not just to the unseen realm but it speaks to the seen realm. Wow, that's the message of the gospel. These people aren't just saved and restored themselves but they're saved and restored to such a point that they can be Together in a space, in a community, and actually interact with one another. Despite the fact that once they were they were at the extremes. There's a beautiful st- Count in Lord of the Rings, and I'm not going to quote the whole thing because we're, we're really running out of time to do that. Um, go through the three films and <laughs> just quote the whole script for you. Um, but there's a beautiful bit that, that, that Samwise does, um, and he, he's talking to Frodo when Frodo's at his kind of lowest and he's struggling with the kind of weight of responsibility and struggling with the, the kind of plan and the purpose and the journey that he's on. And Samwise does this amazingly rousing speech about, but that's where all the greatest stories are like that people had lots of opportunities to turn back, lots of opportunities to give up, lot, lot, lots of opportunities to say, this is too big. But he says, they're the stories that you remember. They're the ones that, that stay in your mind because they had so many chances to say, this is too tough. This is too difficult. How do we do this? But they keep going anyway. And I believe that as a community, we've been through some challenging times and I believe we will go through some challenging times. But we're on this journey. This stage, and there's not been a giving up. There's not been that. And we're going to come up to some points where it's going to be like, oh my goodness me, how do I, how do we navigate this situation here? That's too hard. I don't know what to do. And that's kind of what we want to talk about today, that that it's for the journey. I want to help myself and us by looking at how do we have what we need for the journey. That Elijah one of my favorite accounts of scripture and it talks about elijah goes to um he does some amazing things he kind of raises someone from the dead he he gets he stops the rain in the whole nation um and he does these phenomenal things and go goes and calls down fire and defeats all these kind of terrible prophets and all that kind of stuff and then then jezebel comes to him and he runs and he flees and he disappears. And it's taught so often about um, why does he do that, why does he do that, why does he do that. I personally believe that the answer for why he does that is in what God says to him. God sends an angel and, says, and gives him food and says, look, Elijah, I want you to eat. Because he says an amazing phrase, says that the journey is too great for you. And for me, the challenge of what God has laid before us, I said, look, I want you to be this kind of community. This is who you are. That journey is too great for us in the sense of too great for us in our own ability our own strength if we rely and trust in ourselves to be the people that have reached the extremes of society we won't do it because at some point we'll come up against somebody somewhere who we go I cannot stand you I cannot stand what you stand for I don't like what you stand for and, and there'll be that thing because the, in our own ability it's too great for us it's too large but God's encouragement to Elijah was to eat was to take sustenance in that means you can complete the journey. And Elijah went on the sustenance of that meal for 40 days and went and did some amazing things on the basis of that meal. And and for me, what I want us to try and catch in the next few weeks is how do we get sustenance? Where do we get that from? What do we do that's going to not just be something we listen to for a few weeks, but that we add into our lives that helps us be sustained for the journey? Helps us be sustained for what God is calling us to do. Helps us be sustained for who he's made us to be. And perhaps also breaking some of the the, the kind of twee and kind of traditional points and ways of looking at that. But to look at, okay, what do I need for the journey? How do I stay sustained for the journey? How do I not, like Elijah, like we've all done, how do I not continue to go, go into these places of kind of deep despair or deep anguish or deep difficulty? And if I do... What do I do to get out of those spaces? How do we, as a community, get out of those spaces? What do we do and how, how do we move forward on those things? If you just want to turn... I'm going to turn to a Bible verse yet. Yeah, okay. Terrible preaching. Um, Hebrews 12. I'm about to share with you one of the most profound and life-changing and transformative statements in the whole world. And you've already know that I'm being a slightly sarcastic, but still um Hebrews 12 I can't even find Hebrews 12 in my Bible, which is not really good at it perhaps someone's taken it out. Hebrews 12 here we go Hebrews 12 just may want to sit comfortably because this is going to transform your life forever. Hebrews 12 comes after Hebrews 11 okay. It comes after Hebrews eleven, sure? it goes eleven, and then twelve. Except probably in Luke's Bible, because yeah. Luke, <laughs> Luke's Bible is notorious for, us for missing little bits out and just getting things confused. But in everybody else's Bible it goes Hebrews eleven, and then Hebrews twelve. And I say that for this whole reason: Hebrews eleven is all to do with the Abrahams, the Moses, the the kind of people who have walked their own journey and done and walked out what God had showed them to walk out, and 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 followed what he'd, what he'd given them to do. Had, had taken on, yeah, okay, I hear what you're saying. I want to do the very best I can do to do what you've called me to do. We stand at a similar point. God said, this is what I want you to be. And we've unpacked to a point what that means. We've unpacked to a point what it means to be a Barnabas community, what it means to be a community where people are renamed, as Adam shared a few weeks ago. But that, that will continue to be unpacked, but it's what I know so far, these guys have seen it and they've gone, okay, this is what I know, I'm gonna walk, I'm gonna do what you've shown me. Abraham didn't know everything but he went anyway we may not know everything but we're going with what we know and these guys went on a journey and they're moving towards and doing what God's called them to do and therefore Hebrews 12 is very significant to me because it starts with this in verse 1 therefore and again it's therefore because it's preceded by Hebrews 11 therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses i.e. everyone it talks about in Hebrews 11 let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easy ensnares, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us take this journey, this path that God has given us. What is set before us? What has he given us to do? Let's run that thing. Let's go after that thing. And then the next line is the most profound, and is the most important, and is what I want to talk about this morning. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising his shame, and I sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That for the journey, the thing, for the journey, for for anything else we share in the next six, seven weeks, anything else we talk about, anything else we go into, this is the thing. That if I want to be sustained for the journey, if I want to to fulfil, if we want to fulfil what God has called us to do, our eyes have to be looking unto Jesus. If I'm looking into anything else, if I'm looking into the latest, the thing Adam shared a bit earlier, if I'm looking into the latest method, the latest fad, the the latest Christian idea about how to be successful in what we do, or if I'm looking at the latest self-help thing, none of those things are necessarily wrong in themselves, as long as they help me look into Jesus as long as that thing helps me look into Jesus, if that thing pulls me away from looking into Jesus and makes me look at myself, or makes me look at that particular celebrity, or that particular method of doing something, and look at that as my ability to be sustained for the journey, then I will not be sustained for the journey. I will, I will struggle along that thing. The, 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 the Hall of Fame, the Heroes of Faith, the whatever you want to call them, the Abrahams, the Isaacs, the, the Moses, who, who did their journey... It says in Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus, because that is the way. That is the way. That is the way we fulfil our journey. That is the way we are sustained on the journey. That is the way we do what God has called us to do, by looking unto Jesus. And I'm not going to have time this morning to unpack completely what that means, but I want to start to look at that a bit, because for me, for my family, for us as a community, that's where I want our focus to be And It sounds so cliche and so kind of caught before, but looking unto Jesus that I behold him that I capture him because when I capture him A I become who he's called me to be and I express who he's called me to be more correctly but B I am sustained for the journey that's ahead just go to 2 Corinthians 3 one thing I just want to say again is we are not a uh, we are not a Barnabas community because it sounds cool or because I like the idea of it or because it sounds great we are that because we are that it's not something that we are trying to become, it's something that we are in the same way that I am not trying to become a son I am a son of my father of my heavenly father whatever we're going to look at that I am that in the the same kind of way what this is about is about being able to express who I am and that's so important because I have if I have a mindset that I've got to attain to something that means I'm never ever at a point of peace and rest because I'm constantly trying to arrive, constantly trying to get there, and then eventually I'll be okay. We do that in so many ways that that when I get married, then I'll be, it'll be all right. When I have kids, then it'll be all right. When the kids have got to like five years old, then it'll be all right. When I've got that promotion, then it'll be okay. When I've, when I've got that house, when I've paid off my house, when we retire, when, when whatever it may be, and it's like these constant things to try and arrive somewhere. And the point is that he has made us who we are now. Individually, corporately. He has made us that now. It's about expressing that. And that's so important. Because that brings peace and rest. And it actually is the only thing that frees us from having a self ish faith mm-hmm. because if my faith is based on I need to improve or become something then my faith is constantly about me mm. but if my faith is based on the fact Jesus you've already done it for me I'm done, I'm sorted, I'm absolutely fine you love me you, I'm accepted, I'm beloved I'm, I'm, I'm pleasing to you, I'm, I'm your son I'm, yeah. I am that then actually my eyes and my attention goes off me and goes on to everybody else. Because I don't need it. I don't... I, I am that. Now that doesn't mean we don't need to time to reflect and think about those things, but it just shifts the attention of it away. In 2 Corinthians 3, I spent a lot of time over the summer thinking about this, and it's kind of just stuck in my mind a lot. And I really think it's... It ties so closely into what we just read a minute ago about... Looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It's almost the same, same encouragement as in the Hebrews 12. It says 2 Corinthians 3, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but verse 16 we'll start with. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God. Now there's a few things in this. This idea that we behold as in the mirror the glory of the Lord. For now, I want you to use that idea of glory of the Lord as Jesus. That I behold as in the mirror Jesus. That I'm beholding him. I'm looking unto him, because he is the glory of the Lord. I'm looking unto him. I'm beholding him, because to behold means to look intently. To focus on, to cast my gaze and my attention and my thinking about That i behold him now the really interesting thing here is that is the language that he says beholding as in a mirror now i'm hoping my english helps me here beholding as in a mirror it is not a mirror he's talking about he doesn't say behold the mirror beholding as in a mirror So you are looking into something in the same way, in the same manner that you look into a mirror, but it's not actually a mirror you're looking into. You're doing it as if you were looking into a mirror, but you're not looking into a mirror. Because if we were looking into a mirror, that means I'm looking into the the reflection of me. And I'm back to the point of going, okay, I can see there you need to improve, Steve. You clearly need to use a little bit of weight. You need to have a shave a bit more and you sort your hair out. You need to kind of get better at being a bit patient, being a bit kind, being a bit inclusive. And I'm focusing on me. And I'm back to the thing I was just talking about a minute ago, that our faith is not about how I can improve me. My faith is about realising that he's already done it, and therefore I can just love people. So I'm not looking in a mirror, but I am beholding as if I was looking in a mirror. Mm -hmm. The second thing that's really important is it's not as in a window. Which is clear from there, that it's not as in a window. Because if it's in a window, that means I'm looking at Jesus through a window. And that might sound fine, and it might sound okay. In a way it is, because I'm caught with Jesus. And I see how beautiful he is, and how amazing he is, and how wonderful he is, and how kind he is, and how compassionate he is, and how just... How he just loved people in such a way that it transformed their lives. And I'm caught with that and I worship him and I adore him. And it's like, wow, Jesus, you're amazing. But it still means I'm looking at something that is separate from me, that is not connected to me. Because I'm looking at him as in, as through a window. But when I look at it, him as in a mirror, it's not a mirror it's not reflecting me it's not a window so I'm not just seeing him but I am seeing him but the amazing thing is is that when I see him it actually reveals who he's made me that it's not a mirror that I'm going look that's me look how awesome I am that is how amazing I am but it's also not going look how amazing it's not going just look at how amazing Jesus is it's going Jesus you are phenomenal and he's going yeah I know and when you see me you've just seen what I've made you when you see how kind i am i've made you just as kind when you see how loving i am i've given you the same ability to love that if i when i behold jesus if i don't behold him with that thought in mind not that it's all about me if i don't behold him with the idea that actually when i'm captured by you my goodness you've you've made me the same then doesn't bring transformation it says in there that we're beholding as in a mirror the glory of the lord that we're being transformed into the same image transformed doesn't mean i'm becoming something new transformed is the idea of metamorphosis which means that what's already in me is being expressed that when i capture the fact that jesus i behold you as in a mirror and actually that means that when i'm beholding that about you you're already saying that about me that's what starts to mean that wow you've made you're that kind and you've made me just as kind as you then it starts to be expressed Then I start to show that kindness. Then I start to show, Jesus, you you love completely unconditionally. Even the most opposed person to you, you love them unconditionally. Wow, you've made me the same. I have the same ability to love that person like you love that person. Then I'm transformed and start to express it. Then I start to show, because he's made us just like him. I haven't made myself just like him. I haven't looked in the mirror and going, right, I'm going to be just like Jesus, and I'm going to work hard, I'm going to do everything I can possibly do to be just like Jesus. But I'm looking as in a mirror, and realizing, Jesus, you've made me the same as you. Mm -hmm. It's a mirror image. I'm looking at you, and it's not a mirror, but actually it's like a mirror, because I'm looking at you, and I look exactly the same. Mm. I look exactly the same as you do. I have the same ability to love as you do because you've made me the same. I have the same ability to to be kind like you do, to be patient like you do, to be to be to um, have a heart that's just broken for the people that just need you like you do because you've made me the same. And I can't be that on my own. But because you've made me that and because you've joined me to you and because I'm with you, I am the same as you. The when I behold him and get caught with him and get drawn in wonder with him I'm not saying we make it mechanical going wow Jesus you're so kind oh so am I I'm not saying we do that but when I'm caught with him it's something happens something begins to happen that when I'm given away in worship when I'm reading the, the, the accounts in the gospels when I'm just spending time in my bible when I'm, when I'm when I'm I don't know doing some good deeds when I'm doing whatever it may be when I'm caught in those things that something starts to change because i start to express even more of who i am because i've started to see him when i see him i'm transformed to the same image and again that's not being something new that's expressing the same image because he's connected me to him he's made me one with him he has made me new he's dealt with all that other stuff all that inadequacy all that fear all that insecurity it's gone when i behold him I don't have to compete. I can be the most successful business person in the world and not have it affect me at all because I'm more concerned with the fact I've been made just like you. Yeah. And that, for me, is the challenge. But there's a beautiful being by... Uh, I, cannot, I cannot read the whole thing, but by... I can't pronounce the name Rudyard Kipling is that how you pronounce it um, that Matt's got because we bought it from Matt um, there's the quote and it says that when you can treat success and failure and I'm going to butcher it here but when you can treat them the same then you've arrived and there's something about that that when I can be the most successful human being on the planet and actually it not really matter or the, the biggest failure on the planet and actually it not really matter mm. then we've arrived somewhere because I've realised my identity is what you've made me. I'm not looking in the mirror, going, Steve, you have made it now. You're down to a 34 waist. You've shaved your beard off. You've got whatever it may be. You've made it now. But I'm beholding, as in the mirror, him, and I can't believe you've made me the same as you. Actually, it makes no difference what I do as a job. It makes no difference what people say about me. It makes no difference how esteemed i might be it's nice but actually makes no difference that paul talks about in philippians that every success i've had is it's rubbish it's dumb it's worthless because i want to know him because that's really where my identity lies and that's a journey and that's a process but that's what sustains us for the journey because when we go into phases where as Hope Springs, as individuals, we are esteemed as like, oh, Hope Springs is the best church in the city, aren't they? Aren't they just amazing? Look at where they love people. Look at where they include people. Then that doesn't define who we are or define who I am. And when we get through a phase where I cannot believe they invited that prostitute into their church or they invited that, that homeless person or they let a magician come to their life group or whatever it may be, it doesn't matter either. Because our identity, our definition, is not sustained on the opinion of people. Or sustained on the, I can't believe they've had 50,000 people come to Jesus in the last week. It's amazing. I can't believe they've had no one come to Jesus in the last 50 years. It's just terrible, isn't it? I know they're extraordinary, you know what I mean. But the point is, that's not the definition of who I am, who we are as a community the definition is based on what we've seen and beholded in him and we're not sustained by the opinions or the, or the successes that we might feel we're sustained by what he says and what he's made us to be and that's why beholding Jesus it is the thing that sustains us for the journey that's why when it talks about Hebrews 12 after all the things they've done it said look looking unto Jesus don't be caught by the great cloud of witnesses as a, the, these heroes of the faith as ends in themselves be inspired by them be inspired by the way that Abraham did what he did. Be inspired by what Moses did. Be inspired by what, what all these wonderful people of the past did. Be inspired by them, but don't look unto them. Look unto Jesus. In fact, let it inspire you, but then go, okay, right, that's inspired me. How do I be who I am? I look unto Jesus. And the amazing thing is this, that ultimately G- Jesus gave himself. We've talked so much about the fact that Jesus was, is constantly pouring himself out that the holy spirit is constantly pouring himself out because they are just given to love that there's no end to it they're just given to love and given to love and when we behold him we are transformed we begin to express that same thing we begin to express even more than we've done already that ability just to give of ourselves that as jesus said that when you give your life that's when you find it when you just give it away that's when you find it and when we capture it, then, then what, what, what we do is right. we're going to create a program where we learn how to give away our lives. We're going to have a step-by-step program about how to be more giving in the way that we do things. And again, there's not necessarily anything wrong with people doing that, but it misses the point. I want to become more of a person that gives my life, that just gives it away. I just behold the one who's already done it. And not only do I behold him to go, oh, wow, well, that's amazing, I can't wait to make that happen. But when I behold him, I go. he goes, you have exactly the same heart as I do. You have exactly the same ability as I do, just to give of yourself. And what happens is, when we capture that, is this begins to happen. In this thing, I always like jugs, and Luke's already commented on the fact that it's, um, the old ones are the best, but poured it out. It's the best way of another, demonstrating poured out. That Jesus pours himself out, and therefore, as we behold him, we we are beginning to be poured out as well. And and it's not about, I will find who I am, and I will be that. It's about, I'll just pour my life out. And in the process of pouring my life out, these things here, because I couldn't find anything else, represent specific things that we might be called to do. Specific giftings or gracings or whatever you want to call it that we might be called to do, because they are important. That the body is made of different parts. We have parts to play joints to supply we it's important we have that so there are specifics but the focus isn't the specific the focus is jesus and i will become like him and be conformed to his image but in the process of that happening the process of being a life that just poured out what happens is that those things begin to be expressed at the same time and it might not be all at the same time but it might be at different stages the, the uniqueness the specificness of who i am is expressed not by pursuing that end, I will be a prophet, I will be a teacher, I will be a healing evangelist, I will be whatever it may be, I will be a, someone that looks after the poor. It doesn't matter what it is, but actually I'll just be someone that pours out my life. And in the process of pouring out my life, the specific things also come. But the focus isn't the specific things, the focus is a poured out life. gone so far away from what i was actually talking about anyway we'll finish with this over the next few weeks we're going to look at not steps in the sense of do this do this but things that i believe and we believe will help behold jesus so we're going to look at things about looking at our bible prayer worship being in part of the community good deeds as things that help us behold jesus Help us get this idea of I'm going to behold you and realise that actually you've made me the same. And therefore things that help us to do that, help us to, to kind of engage and see him. Um, so that's the focus for the next few weeks. But my encouragement is, and Holy Spirit, I'm just going to ask that you would just help us this week. Just behold you. And everything else that goes on, and everything else that tries to grab our attention, and everything else that tries to just engage us, that as we read a book, as we pray as we sing a worship song you just help us behold you but behold you with a mindset actually you've made us the same and therefore that we'd be transformed to express who you've made us to be already that you just help us to do that this week holy spirit you just we just know the sense of you leading and guiding in the smallest and subtlest of ways in the next seven days that when we come back together next sunday there's a sense of yeah god you're leading you're helping us behold in jesus name amen